Welcome to my basement, everybody. Oh boy, have we got a great show for you guys today. This is something that I've been wanting to put together for a long time. I have three friends. Each of them has been on Vic's Basement in the past, so you might recognize these guys. Uh, but I wanted to bring them together to talk about superhero video games. We have Chris Baker, who's the creative director at Zen Studios and a former uh, employee at Marvel and Lucas Arts. Not right. Lucasfilm, Lucas Arts. Lucas Arts. Uh, we have Evan Narcissus, who's a writer and a, a journalist, as well as a uh, content creator in the video game space. He's a comic book writer, wrote Rise of the Black Panther, and most recently worked on Spider-Man Miles Morales, and has some other cool things that we'll get into in a little bit. TQ Jefferson had stints at Marvel Games and working with Disney, ran 20th Century Games, or was one of the people running 20th Century Games, and uh, has just joined a new uh, a company called Servius, and we're going to find out what that's all about. Uh, but Chris Baker had a baby since we have last had him on. Yeah, it's been, I think it was a couple of years. It was like uh, early 2018. I was your, your guest of the day once. That was yeah. pretty great. We talked a lot about uh, uh, Marvel Spider-Man, which I don't think had a date at that point. I think That's it was- That's right. Like, yeah, that we were point. both incredibly excited about that one, as yeah, we should have been. Yeah, yeah. And then we just talked about Spider-Man games in general. Yes. And- um uh, you also are the creative director now at Zen Studios, so that's a new right. Since, right, uh, I do a lot of uh, writing for the RPGs, uh, games like Operencia, The Stolen Sun, and uh, Castle Storm Two, Treadnautical, and then I help with our uh, pinball stuff here and there. Like uh, we we just announced um, a new Star Wars, Star Wars pinball H or not HD VR <laughs> Star yes. Wars pinball VR. Yes, uh, and I uh, helped uh, put the trailer together for that. So uh, every so often I'll cross over there. Oh man, I can't wait to play that. And Evan, yeah, you're great. working with Amy Hennig now, right? At uh, at Skydance. Yes, at Skydance New Media on an unannounced project that I cannot talk about. <laughs> oh, I put you in hot water right from the get go. I'm sorry, but <laughs> that's um, awesome. yeah. So, um, but I'm also freelancing as a narrative con uh, design consultant on a few things, other things I can't talk about. But um, really exciting stuff. Uh, um, yeah, that's but, awesome. You know, uh, the, the last thing. That, um, I worked on was the Miles Morales game, which came out. Uh, well, what's last year. I think what's cool about your journey is obviously you were behind the scene. Well, you were a journalist covering all this stuff. You were kind of at the intersection of music because I know you love jazz and and music in general, uh, and comic books and video games and technology. Yeah. And somehow you have flipped the switch and you. I think you still do some coverage of this stuff, but uh, no, very, very, very little. In fact, none. For yeah. the most part, I'm pretty much done. Does um, it just get messy when you do? Um, kind of. The potential for messiness is there. Like, yeah. you know, I try to stay away from things, um, obviously, that I'm working on. But, you know, like the classic example of that was when I was still at io9, um, which is a website within the Gizmodo network, for those who don't know. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, Marvel approached me to write Rise of the Black Panther, and I had to figure out a way uh, um, to uh, uh, not cover... A video game rather mar anything marvel um or comics uh while i was writing the series which you know i was able to do i, I shifted gears and did more tv coverage and movie coverage um but yeah I, the conflict of interest obviously was a yeah. big deal yeah um which you know now that i'm pretty much shifted over to creative side of things that's less of an issue well, that's cool, man. I'm really just impressed and proud as hell of you and these big changes in your life. I think that's incredible. I'm proud and, of you, Vic. Oh, thanks, brother. Uh, and TQ, you you made the switch over from 20th Century Games. That was where you were at last we talked. You had just launched uh, Predator Hunting Grounds. What's Servios? What What is this company? 
Serbios is one of the, uh, I guess you could say, OG uh, VR studios. That, uh, it's, we spring up around 2013 when some uh, USC students got some investors to, to uh, plink down a lot of money for uh, software and hardware at the time. And then um, along the way, we stopped making uh, uh, hardware and focused on LBE and, and um, in-home. And then most recently, before I, just before I joined the organization, we um, pivoted away from uh, LBE, that's location-based entertainment, yeah. uh, arcades and such, and fo to focus strictly on in-home. So I came on board as the chief product officer to uh, oversee the slate, oversee strategy, oversee um, uh, studio operations, uh, you know, get my hands in creative, and um, also to, um, to help the company take some bigger swings and go after licensed IP, which I have a lot of, uh, a lot of experience with licensed IP. I was IP. just going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's what we're about now. We're just, um, uh, uh, we're, you know, trying to level up as it were and, um, just make some great games. We, uh, we have a, um, uh, a person in the chat room right now who's a big supporter of VPN. His name is uh, the VR Grid, and he's going crazy because obviously he loves VR. So we've already had a Star Wars VR game mentioned and Servios mentioned. <laughs> yes. And so he's, he's all caps flipping out about uh, the nice. VR this love. Is his that episode. We <laughs> so if, if we want to use this podcast to announce that there is a VR Spider-Man game, we can, we can certainly do that. And if you guys are all involved with it, that's amazing. Can we just announce one that doesn't exist and <laughs> start a rumor? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, well, the, the topic of the day is superhero video games, where we all intersect. Well, I've never made one, but I've certainly played them all, and I <laughs> You'll love get there them someday. Yeah. <laughs> These guys have dream. made, between them, I don't know, four dozen superhero video <laughs> games or something, like tons. And so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, a shared love. We're all huge comic nerds, and we all love superhero video games. And I think Spider-Man is going to be uh, a big way in. But first, before we get into that, I just have to give a nice big shout-out and a thank you to our sponsor, which is the Gaming Stadium. They are Canada's largest... Uh, le they are a leader in online esports tournament facilitation. They've got tournaments going on every weekend, and you don't want to miss out on the action. You can find out about them at tgs.gg. All right, you guys. So... Um, why don't we start with a nice softball question, and we'll go out to each one of you guys. And and by the way, I will take some questions from people in the chat. Thank you all for being here. Uh, but let's start with you, Chris. What was the first superhero video game that really connected for you? It connected. I think the first one I played was Superman on NES. Yep. And in a way that connected just because it was a video game with a character I liked, but it's not a very good game. I think the first like good superhero game I, I played was the Batman movie game for NES. Yeah. Uh, which is, it's, it's a great video game. It's, it's actually a terrible Batman game <laughs> because none of the characters except for Batman and Joker are, are like represented like they look, but even Batman is purple, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got a whole video on my, my YouTube channel about how really off-brand that game was. But, it's so uh, fun, though. It's just so oh, it's fun super to play. Fun. Yeah, yeah, the wall jump, you just can't beat that. Uh, you know, it gets pretty hard, but it's also... I did beat it, like, back in the day, like, uh, when it came out. And, and I think that's one of my, like, 
gaining badges of honor. Like not a lot of people beat that game, but I did. That's so, awesome. Uh, Hey, yeah, that was the first one to really connect with me, I would say. Before I forget, Chris, what's that background behind you there? This background is my uh, my cube in at Marvel Games in 2009. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can see uh, there's some stuff from my LucasArts days, which was just a little bit earlier. I worked on Battlefront 2, and I actually wrote the, the back of the box for the Star Wars Force Unleashed uh, action figures. That's why you see those over there. That's awesome. Uh, what else is there? Just you know, I'd like to say that even to this day, it is a, a brave and bold move that Chris is showing off the fact that he took a photograph inside of a Marvel building. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. Marvel's, the Marvel sharpshooters, so. they, they, they keep track of us. Yeah, yeah. I got is... yelled at once for posting a picture of Lego Marvel that we got at the office. Wow. Yeah, that was a no-no. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think we all know people that have uh, had jobs within the, the these huge mega empires out there that have lost jobs because of an errant tweet or some information that went yeah out. yeah i don't think i did anything like that was probably the worst worst tweet i guess i don't i still don't think i did anything wrong there yeah but uh, <laughs> you, you didn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh you can see my, my wallpaper there is uh the re-release of marvel versus capcom 2 on my computer back there oh that's amazing. Uh, that, that was about the time yeah. of that it's layers and layers and layers. <laughs> I love it, man. It's total inception. And this is what you're missing if you're listening to the podcast. If you want to join us for the video version of the podcast, we have live episodes all the time on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash EPNTV. Evan, what was the first superhero video game experience that kind of registered for you? Um, I, the first one I remember... Um, is Superman on the Atari 2600. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that game and the Spider-Man game that followed it. Heartbreaks. Uh, uh, not, yeah, not good. The um, Superman <laughs> game has a lot of actually kind of semi-revolutionary things in it. That it just doesn't play well today. At its time, right. it was actually, like, pretty advanced. I'm trying to think the first one that made, like, a positive impression, like, that really... You know, there was that... Um, it was a Ubisoft published title uh, based on Batman the Animated Series. Uh, the first one, not the mm-hmm. second one, not the Rise of Sun Tzu, even yeah. though I, I have a soft spot for that one. Oh, Vengeance. Because, uh, yeah, Batman Vengeance. Yes, I love that. Okay. But Rise of Sun Tzu, I have a soft spot for because I had Nightwing in it, and I'm a huge Nightwing fan. Yeah. Um, but Batman Vengeance felt like you were playing an episode of the game, you know, mm-hmm. like the animation, you know, and the art style and the aesthetic um, pretty much felt like. Uh, directly in line with the series um did connor do the voice on that yeah i, I think they all did think uh, so. yeah too, i think that's yeah so, cool. so it felt like from a production standpoint it felt like you know it didn't feel like a like a afterthought phone phoned in cash grab you know it felt like there was some commitment to like matching the appeal of the tv show so that was probably the one um that really got me um which is a little bit further down the line. I was already a professional like journalist co- covering that stuff, but you know, I was such a huge fan of that show. I was like, "Oh, wow. This this feels like just like the show." The pressure I, I must have been high, game. right? They 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 had to honor it. They knew that they had to do something really good there. They didn't hit like the Arkham levels or anything like that, though. No. No, I, <laughs> I think the vision wasn't there. But TQ, you were saying something. Oh, I was just I was just remarking that um I remember that game was uh if I recall, it was it was cell shaded. Uh, yeah, it was around the same era as uh, Mark of Cree. 
right? Yes. It had, yeah. these, it had these wonderful canned animations for Batman Super Move so that you didn't get you know, bogged down in trying to do a complicated sort of you know, Input. controller yeah. sequence. You just hit the button, you got to see Batman be Batman. That's and cool. I think it was it was one of the rare instances of taking away player control that felt good. It was like, okay, great, I'm getting the trade off is is worth it. I, I'm I'm getting this really great Batman moment for like six seconds, and then I keep on going. It, it's a wonderful game. So Evan and Chris and I were covering video games. I think at around that time, or we were you know, on the way, or it was it was in the path for us to be kind of talking about video games at that point. But you were actually making games at that point. You were the competition to something yeah, like what Batman year, What Vengeance. year did that game come out? That would have been... Man. 2001. Yeah, 2001. 2001. Yeah, yeah, I was... Okay, Chris, did you look that up, or you just know that? I, you, you know, I have a, I actually have a, a kind of dark story attached to that. I reviewed <laughs> that game. I was in the process of reviewing that game during 9-11. Oh, no. And... I, so I, I definitely remember reviewing that game. There was a scene where if you lost to the Joker, it was like in the bat plane or something where like the text said the Joker crashes his blimp into Gotham City Hall and laughs. Oh and I was God. I sent that to Ubisoft and, and I was like, you might want to take this out of the game because <laughs> wow. I, I was in the press and I got an early copy of it. And they were like, oh, yeah, thank you. And they, I guess they removed it. I don't, I didn't yeah. actually play the, the wow. final version, but yeah, it, it I was, was. I was making um, Spider Man 2 Enter Electro when that came out and um, uh, at Activision. And that one, like, it was the first title that I got to produce as an AP. And I sort of, you know, co wrote it, voice directed on it. Like, it was just sort of. It was this one, this is the first labor of love, so to speak. And I remember just, you know, uh, uh, speaking of 9-11, we had, we finished the game on time, under budget, and uh, the, 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 the discs, the games were in, a tr in trucks, ready to go out to retail. And 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. And the game's boss level took place on top of the Twin Towers. So uh, Spider-Man oh was God. fighting Electro, you know, God-level Electro, um, because he, he stole Odin's tear, the, 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 the jewel. And, um, and they, they would, the fight bounced back and forth from one tower to the next. And uh, that, was, that game was done with Vicarious Visions. And to this day, I'll always respect and, and, and appreciate... Um, the call I got from them that day, and they're like, "Hey, look, we see what's going on. Yeah, we're we've got some ideas about how we can change wow. the level so that we can." Was that Karthik? Was that was that Karthik? It wasn't Karthik. It was a uh, Toby Saulnier. Okay. Um, she called me up, and she's like, "We know how we can change it, you know." Uh, and we had to we had to scrap every copy that was in the trucks. Unreal. And there went the there went the revenue for the game, but and, you know I I, <clears throat> I reviewed that version of the game like in mid August, right. and I remember for space I had to take out a line about uh, that was complimenting the use of the twin towers because Holy they're underused crap. in video games. <laughs> if that hadn't been cut, that issue came out like a week after nine eleven, I think. Yeah. And, and oh the, wow. It, <laughs> 
it, so it's spooky to go and look back at the uh, at the promotional material for the Spider-Man movie, which had the twin mm-hmm. towers in it, right? Like yeah. it's yeah, you know, that affected everybody. It affected our our show. We had we were on the air with Discovery Science then, and uh, we were blowing up developer studios every week with our silly special effects and and then we got notes back from the uh uh the network saying no we 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 can't have lots of crazy violence and explosions and stuff and and it's like well we we're we talk about video games you know so we had to kind of alter everything but yeah it's incredible it affected every single part of it but TQ, you're, you've got a, a special case there. Obviously, you were making games that yeah. were inspiring us, you know. And uh, that's weird. It's but they were so cool and uh, so fun. But I like something got you on that path. And were the, was it a video game or was it comic books? What, what uh, got you there? Yeah, I, I would say it's a. It was a bit of both, but probably um, more comic books. Than, than video games, but to answer the, the question, I also remember playing uh, Superman for twenty six hundred. Yeah, um, you know that was it was it was like six blue pixels, five <laughs> red pixels, one flesh colored pixel, one black pixel, and that was Superman, and we loved it. We loved it. Oh, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> the worst sound effects. <laughs> oh <my> God, yes. <laughs> but. Um, the, the game that I really just um, couldn't get enough of was um, uh, the X-Men that was on Sega Genesis. I oh, yes. oh man. The yes. side-scrolling one where yes. you can call in Archangel and you can call in you know uh, various characters. And I remember uh, it was against uh, uh, Apocalypse was like the final boss. Yeah. And if you played as Wolverine... And you got his and his health went down to like ten percent. He would go berserk and just start yes, clawing yes, everything around yeah, him, right? Yeah. And it was awesome. Again, it was another moment of taking away player control that felt good because it was Wolverine being Wolverine. You're mm-hmm. Like, yeah, okay, fine. I'll just I'll just wait a couple of seconds and That's watch amazing. this happen. It was awesome. Did you um, you you mentioned the uh, taking away player control part of it and 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 you noticed that? Did you employ that in any of the games that you worked on at Activision? Um, too many games, Vic. You can't ask this. I know that's like... a huge open question. <laughs> well, that's up, why man. I couldn't write down questions for this. There's too many different paths here. Yeah, while at Activision, no, I don't think we we um, we took away player control. Um, I think you know at, what we we do. We like try to script moments so that um, you know the cinematic felt very it was, cinematics would feel earned you know i think that's probably the best that as far as we went in terms of taking away player control and and honestly i don't think when i was making uh enter electro or that era of games that i made um i don't think i had the vocabulary of mm. saying because i learned a lot of stuff and i learned everything on the job right so i didn't really have the vocabulary of like oh i'm going to I'm going to suspend player agency for this 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 moment of in right. time. No, I didn't have. I, I I you know said it now. I couldn't say that then. Yeah, yeah. So it was. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things that I just remember appreciating uh, when I was playing the the game way back when. Uh, Evan, do you think the like Spider-Man Two, the Treyarch Spider-Man Two was? was 
was kind of the moment where it all crystallized where we had I mean, this- there was you know it was an early pinnacle for sure you know and it was like uh it was a game where um i think it was this magic kind of uh confluence of you know the technology um what, what was uh you know cap- what, what was uh possible in terms of what you can build in a game um animation and everything and the move set but also you know i think the this the is one of those things that nails a key mechanic of the character right which is the web swing you know mm-hmm. like which isn't to say other parts of the game weren't bad but like you know that made you feel like oh this must be what it, it feels like to be spider-man moving across the city in this unique specific way that only he can do you know other, other characters swing on ropes but you know with with spidey the web swinging is like synonymous with him and the rhythm of it like was the thing right you know when you're batman you're not quite in rhythm the same way and you're no. swinging across gotham city you're not in rhythm the same way that spider-man is and i felt like it nailed that um so yeah it definitely felt like okay not just from like a financial um standpoint in terms of selling well and being a hit but in terms of like design and ambition it felt like yeah okay this opened up a whole new horizon for the games that came after it in, in my opinion yeah Chris, your your YouTube channel is devoted to diving into this history, and I know that you you approach it because you love games and you love the comics as well and the characters. It, they've they've always coincided and coexisted, and it's always felt to me something that I say all the time when I'm talking about things is like every character in a video game is a superhero. But absolutely, yeah, right. But yeah. we don't. I always... mean, Call of Duty, you you duck behind a, a tank and wait ten seconds for your health to come back. That's Wolverine, right? Yeah. <laughs> so why has it been difficult to kind of nail it and do a very good job with superhero games? Is it is it like that developers just don't have the time, the budget? What do you think? I, yeah, it varies project to project. Uh, you know, time and, and budget and, and just scope. Scope, yeah. resources devoted by the publisher, how invested the publisher is in making a good game. Sometimes they just want to, uh, you know, adhere to their contract to get the game out and they just uh, want to put something in a box yeah 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 um yeah that also seems to have changed (laughs) since since arkham came out though it feels like like look at the pressure that the avengers uh devs are under because Mm -hmm. of the success of spider-man but i think you can also trace that back to arkham i I mean that's my read on it it just feels like uh, you know as somebody that's been watching the business mature and evolve that arkham was also incredibly I don't know, powerful for people to appreciate these properties in a different yeah, way. Yeah, I think what I, I, Arkham did more than, than anything was it, it sort of proved that, you know, you don't need to be a movie game to be successful. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just need to, like, really honor the character in, like, a really cool way with a really distinct vision that, you know, uh, is is very much in line with the source material that also you know kind of does its own thing it establishes a universe i think that's like the real first like real like video game universe for a, a comic character there was with you know you had arkham arkham city uh arkham knight all same universe and they've even had like animated movies that comics they've had comics and, yeah that kind of play in that universe too and, um and now you know with with as evan well knows with, with uh spider-man like that's very much what they're doing you know they're they're having like 
you know, scenes at the end of each game that kind of hint what's to come. And I'm yeah, and I think the shift, is. Chris, is that like you know, like you were saying before. I think the publishers viewed video games as derivative, right? Before, yeah. um, and now they view them as additive. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, um, you look at you know what Insomniac did with their first Spider-Man game. And I'm somebody who hated that white spider on Pizza Suit, like when they showed it off. I was like, oh, God, no. But yep. now it's like, oh, right. You know, yeah, okay, like they put their own visual stamp on mm-hmm. it. And you see that costume being cosplayed at conventions. You remember those yeah. conventions? That yeah. didn't take um, long either. Um, uh, what was that, Chris? That didn't take long. Like, no, I, I was at a convention yeah. like two months after it was announced. Right, and there was a right, dude who was right. spot on. It was amazing. Yeah. So I think, you know, you know, these publishers see the opportunities for um, games to um communicate with people who don't necessarily read comics you know week in week Mm -hmm. out month in month month out like we all probably do um and games are another way to reach those uh um those people and and carve out interpretations and and iterations that are unique to um um those specific platforms you know so like the miles and the game is different than the miles in the movie is different than the miles in the comics and they can all talk to each other right yeah. um but they can also carve out their own lane in different ways um and i think that's a really exciting moment um that we're in right now games um you know one they, they stepped out of the shadow of film television other medium right and established it themselves as uh creative engines you know uh vectors wherein you can extend the brand rather than just echo what where what's happening in another uh medium right so seeing um you know the uh the arkham asylum batman where he's sort of armored up and you know he's in a, a world that befits him is one of those characters seeing the white spider i was right there with you i was like me F too. This Spider-Man, the white spider is ridiculous. Right? But I was like, but I was like, then later I'm like, oh, that's the, that's the Insomniac Spider-Man. Right. Boom, yeah. it yeah. worked. Right. Yeah. They've and it's cool to see that suit in Spider-Man. Into the Spider-Verse, and it's cool to see that suit on comic pages. You know, it's yeah. it is it's 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 like a, I'm sure you guys all feel this a territorial kind of connection to video games, and we see the rest of the world sort of you know paying attention and and. Uh, also touching base with all this stuff it's cool it, it fills you with uh I, I guess kind of pride right like people are finding out more about this this space right you yeah. even have cases like injustice where right. there's a comic yeah. based on the game that's oh, so good really too. good yes yeah. like yeah. <laughs> uh that was like i think tom taylor kind of made a name for himself with that injustice yeah comic. he did it, it, it it was like i think that was my favorite comic of the last decade i, I, really I, I got it obsessed fantastic. with that comic i yeah. couldn't I, I read one or two issues the the game was amazing the story was shocking and then the comic i just went oh my god and had to <laughs> and you know to to tq's point like the the comic and the game combined give you the freedom to do things with those characters that you wouldn't do in the mainline universe you know so mm-hmm. like yeah, we can focus on the hyper-violence, but, you know, like, Alfred punching out uh, 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 Superman because he's hopped up on super strength pills um, is, like, a great scene that you really wouldn't do. It would take you so far to get there, like, a mainline, yeah. you know, Batman storyline, right? So right, much right. to unpack. 
Yeah. Right. So you you just have to that. build all this stuff and like the the velocity of the storytelling in Injustice, I think is a direct kind of correlation to um, the fact that it's adapted into another medium. That's awesome. Um, and then I got, I got to ask you, Evan, you brought it up. Is there anything as a writer of Miles that that you wrote for Miles where you had like that kind of mentality of this is uh, this is a little bit different uh, so I can maybe change things a little bit. I don't know how much you were like the driving force behind the story. Yeah, you know, I was a narrative design consultant. There were other writers yeah. who worked on the game, uh, you know. Sure. Ben Arfman, Mary Kenny, and Brian Horton, the creative director. So it was a team effort and other writers too um, at Insomniac. Um, you know, for me, it was like trying to get Harlem right. I lived in Harlem for like mm. a couple of years in New York City. Um, so it was like more about tone. Um, you know, I definitely pushed hard on the ending. Um, um, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but like the emotional beats of the ending were something that were really important to me. Um, and that is linked to Harlem. Um, and this and making it feel real as a, as a community, right? And you know the the I guess, is it a spoiler now? Game's been out six months, um, um, <laughs> but you know the Prowler stuff um, was was really important because you know that was our chance to do something with that character that was different than um, what the movie did. You know, like I'll never yeah. forget we had a meeting after the movie came out. It was just a regular meeting, like you know. But it was, uh, in the back of my mind, I was like. We need to scrap this game. Do we need to like, <laughs> start all over again? Um, yeah. the movie's amazing, but you know it really is. But but the 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 pressure of that movie's success and imprinting the character on so many people's minds creates an opportunity, you know, to like, yeah. okay, well, you know, if we can find something else to do with these characters, um, um, that people already know, but they'll be they'll be surprised by what we do. Like that was a, a a huge opportunity that I think we we stepped into pretty well, you know. Like I was really proud about, you know, what we did with Rio as a character, um, and even some of the stuff with Miles and Genki, you know. Like a lot of people remember Genki's not in Sp the Spider Verse animated movie really. He's like in there for a couple of scenes, and yeah. he's not Genki in the live action movies. He's Ned Leeds, even right. though he's he's Genki. Um, I yeah. there was a line in his bio that was "guy in the chair." Um, yeah. For <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, I think the opportunity for us was to like carve out a new space. And, you know, for my part, it was like, you know, like if, if this story is going to have him living, you know, outside of Brooklyn, which as a native Brooklynite, I was like, mm, come on, guys, can we get one for the, for the <laughs> County of Kings? Sure. Um, but yeah, like well, once once, you know, that decision was made, it was like, OK, well, let's 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 make players fall in love with this fictional version of Harlem and, and, and hopefully be curious about the real version of Harlem and what that neighborhood means. So, I mean, for personal contributions, that, that was a big one for me. That's awesome. Oh, did and you, you guys did definitely you Blakey to the, to the, um, to the narrative. Yeah, was, was that I mean, you? It's funny. We had lots of conversations about what music to use for that sequence. And now I'm a big jazz head, like you said before. Yeah. Um, um, so it was definitely, you know, probably something I suggested. You know, the thing about games is like, and you guys know this too, Chris yeah. and TQ, so many people work on them. So it's like, mm -hmm. uh, you forget what you contribute sometimes. Um, <laughs> but do. certain things you're like, oh, wait, no, that's definitely mine. Like there's a the quest line in, um, in Miles Morales where you're looking for the collectibles, the time capital collectibles, that was me. Um, and, you know, I got to write some stuff in there and I was like, oh, one of the one of the things you find is a scratch art pad, and that's because my daughter was really into scratch art. You know, like around the time we were working the game, and she was actually sitting on the couch next to me when I 
played the game for the first time. I was like, I put that in there because of you. And she's like, oh, thank you, oh, Daddy. Man, like, I love that. Awesome. Yeah, so we got to have a moment yeah. around that. But yeah. That is so awesome. Chris, what were you saying there, bro? Oh, I was going to say you guys definitely, like, in terms of uh, doing things in your own universe, you definitely redefined who the tinkerer is. For yeah. sure. Yeah, that was, you know, that was a decision that predated me, but like, right. um, it was so great, you know, like, uh, the Tinker was a deep cut on the best day, right? <laughs> you know, um, and, and I think re-envisioning that character from the ground up, like really let it speak to the current moment in a way that was really great. I mean, obviously you changed the race and gender of the character is not an old white guy, creepy old man working in the shop, making stuff to kill Spider-Man for J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, um, but changing all of that, you know, lets you uh, think about the technology of 2020, you know, um, and not the technology of 1960, whatever it was right. when he was created. So like, and then once you start extrapolating that, like it, it gives you a whole different like set of possibilities for what you can do with that character. So I think that's one of the things that's great about, you know, adapting these characters who've been around for like, you know, uh, 60, 70, 80 years, into like a medium that is so rooted in the moment as video games, you get to really think about how to update them in a way that speaks to new audiences. Well, it's weird too, because we're, we're entering into this era, both in the DC universe and the sort of greater landscape, the, the greater awareness out there, the movie going public and the TV going, TV watching public. Um, everybody's sort of getting tuned into the multiverse. And as mm -hmm. th three fellow comic aficionados i was going to say nerds but i'll say aficionados did you ever think that this would just be so widely adopted this we'd be throwing around the term of multiverse and and uh and everybody would just be so accepting of this i mean as a 90s comics fan i was just happy to have the occasional movie yeah maybe it was good yes. maybe it was in character you know you know, there yeah, was a I went to see Punisher movie with like, Dolph Lundgren where he wasn't even wearing the skull. Like, what is that? <laughs> it was on the bottom of his knife, though. So It was, yes. I saw um, that yeah. at the Alamo Draft House a couple years ago on a big screen. And I mean, Oof, it's as good as ever, I guess. All that does, I'll say. Uh, you know, I went to see Electra in the theaters, you know? Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, sorry. Yep. Yeah. So did I. So yep. did I. Oh. Yeah, we were all making excuses for Daredevil, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yes, I was one of those people. <laughs> Um, but, you know, like, the, the thing about superhero stories is that, like, the, there's a wealth of possibilities there, you know? Um, and, you know, we're living in a day and age where, like, Wanda Maximoff gets, like, a deep ep eight-episode character study, you know? Like, yeah. um, we're so spoiled. It's that, that That, you know, insane. really resonates beyond like the special effects and superpowers you know it's like okay what do you do with your grief you know like what happens when it's too much and and um in the year of a pandemic can i we, mean yeah it's can insane we, <laughs> can we pause for a moment and just acknowledge the fact that wanda maximoff has her own show oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right yes scarlet witch b-lister at best and that's not to be shady you know yeah. but like exactly but yeah. i think that's you know the the upside of um, Spider-Man being at, at Sony and X-Men Fantastic Four being at, at Fox and so forth mm. is that it forced Marvel to surface characters that Great were point. underserved but had tremendous potential, right? 
uh, uh, Iron Man now, Wanda Maximoff. Uh, uh, yeah, we're seeing people on the street know who Wanda Maximoff is. And I think yeah, I, I couldn't believe when uh, you know Doctor Strange was being made into a movie and Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like uh, I, I, I know comics, but I don't know all of the details and all the. But they're they've turned out to be incredible media properties. Yeah, and and to to you know answer your question about multiverse it's like i think there have been you know hints of it you know uh, uh little breadcrumbs of it all through you know throughout um uh, uh you know recent history with some of these characters like there's a version of batman for everyone right, right? there's the yes. adam west batman there's the brave and bold batman there's there's a batman for every age every every stage of your life there's right, a batman right. that's a multiverse of batman right. Right, mm -hmm. uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths well, just broke the, uh, the the mold on on multiverses, right? So, um, but this yeah to see it, um, cut, you know, surface into the mainstream to the point where, you know, the next Doctor Strange movie is the multiverse of madness. Yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's it's wonderful, and I, I'm just wondering what else is getting pulled. Dragged behind well, the in the wake. The of, point that you made, the comic interest, yeah. You know? The point that you made, TQ, is really a good one about, you know, the multiverse has existed experientially for us as people who engage with this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, the the thing that's wonderful is like now they're making it the text, you know, like it's not just a meta consideration anymore. Now it's like okay, well, we might get every Spider-Man who's been in the movie in one movie coming up, you know, yeah. if if if. You believe the stuff that Tom Holland's not supposed to know, um, <laughs> it's uh, just, but it's yeah, set up. yeah, you know? like and 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 you know the the, the Flash movie is supposedly uh, doing a similar approach. So again, bringing it back to games, it's like you know uh, you'd love to see a world where these characters could jump across studios or jump across you know. Uh, um, It'll never happen because the business is is not set up that way. Oh, I but, don't know. I, I I give it like twenty years when you know the 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 cuts keep getting deeper and deeper, and then people are going, "What if we put a little Marvel DC action, man?" The 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 the, the banks could not hold all the money that would make. I don't um, disagree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but again, I think you know to to your point, Vic. You know these kind of like sensibilities and plot points and terminologies that used to be just within a small circle of people now being, you know, it's incredible. The, the fortunes of these, these mega corporations rise and fall, depending on how well they can execute them. You know, that's incredible. But like, I think again, what matters most is like, uh, can these efforts tell believable stories, human stories, Right. You know, like, can they can they connect with the aspirational aspects of superheroes? You know, like, you know, what Insomniac did on the first Spider-Man game, you know, like, was really incredibly touching. It was a story of a friendship, of, of a mentorship, you know, that went wrong and, you know, and sacrifice and all this stuff that's kind of typical of, you know, Peter Parker stories. But like, you know, it got told in a video game and that, you know, not only did it probably change what people think is possible in a video game for some people who've never played that kind of game before, right? You're like, oh wow, you can do this. Um, it expanded of you know the idea of what a superhero story could be, and I think that's always like best for like like it it 
the 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 bread on the waters for lack of a better term like yeah. it just expands and everybody gets a bite you know of something really good even though it's soggy that metaphor is terrible let's move on <laughs> well i think i think uh, uh another way of, of looking at it is that um as the the tech gets better we're able to reveal more and more of the character right right where the the twice and the audience wants it too Yes, exactly. The audience is more sophisticated. The audience wants a deeper connection with the characters beyond just the spectacle. Um, they want the substance. Yeah. And now the, the tech is there to tell these types of stories, to bring people in and, and to give them the cinematic sequences, give them the, the, the highs and lows of being the heroes and to put that on screen and make that uh, and put the control in your hand and make you a part of that, you know, in some way to immerse you into that world is you know it, it's never been better than now you know so it's like with that atari 26 superman you were able to move those 17 pixels up and down left and right and that was glorious right like i'm yeah. flying that sort of thing yeah uh, but as the tech gets better now you've got voice and you've got you know different animations you've got this that the other and it's and it's just allowing you to reveal more and more of the character so now we're getting down to the emotional underpinnings of a character, you know, the character's right. interpersonal relationships, yes. like the things that make them human and make them approachable. And we're, if we're able to capture some of that essence and put it on screen, that's really satisfying. That's really compelling. Evan brought up a great point about uh, Miles, which is the um, relationship that he has to the city and to Harlem. And obviously that's something that we see through the Spider-Man's through line. There was a game that I think back to all the time that, that, um, I, and it's 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 a Superman game. It was the Superman Returns game that EA put out there, yeah. which was not a good game. Uh, but what I admired about it was that you were really worried about the of Metropolis getting destroyed, and there were c civilians everywhere, and the pressure was on Superman to try to save everyone and s save the city. It wasn't and the health bar of the city. Yes, yeah, it's right. Work. Yeah, yeah. Not the giant metallo robot. Yeah, there was so many robots. I think oh, you find man. a tornado at the end or something. Is it? I never actually played it, but, yeah. but that's, a that's a fantastic four movie. Where you find <laughs> a, oh, yeah. a space tornado called Galactus. Uh, <laughs> but I think there's something to that. Like it, it, you know, I think back to Spider-Man Two, where the, all the people on the subway car kind of protect Spider-Man. You know, and it's a it's a powerful scene. It's a very emotional scene. It's it's uh, it's a coexistence, you know. Like one can't uh, survive without the other, you know. And when it's done right, like that, like in Miles and in Spider-Man Two, or even elements of Superman Returns, it kind of works. Um, my theory is that Spider-Man is not only the best character for uh, superhero uh, to make a video game out of, but he is the best video game character that we have made. And I'll tell you quickly why I think that is, and I want to know what you guys think. Um, it's the it's just the getting around is never boring as Spider-Man. And I find when I stop playing a Spider-Man game, I'm still pressing the web sling button <laughs> on whatever <laughs> I move on to next. So if I move on to Assassin's Creed, I'm trying to make my assassin swing through the trees right. and through the towns. Yeah. And I, 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 there's just something so beautiful about that mechanic that just makes it interesting, whether it's a 2D representation or a, a great 3D representation. I, I just love Spider-Man as a game character. Um, Chris, thoughts on that? 
Uh, yeah, I think that's a, a very strong argument, especially the web swing stuff. I, I, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for the way Rocksteady made uh, Batman's traversal through through Gotham, the the cape. I saw a, uh, a kind of funny thing about like how scientific that is, and apparently it would have to be like sixty feet wide Pink. to yeah. actually <laughs> work that way. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you suspend your disbelief. Uh, so yeah, I, I think uh, Spider Man and, and and I think Batman's up there too. I think Wolverine has the potential to be that because I, mm. I've always liked that because kind of that Call of Duty comparison I made earlier. It actually makes sense if he gets hurt and recovers, yeah. whereas all the other ones you kind of have to just have to spend. Even Spider Man, he he has a little tiny healing factor. He doesn't have like a the kind he does in the games, right? Uh, you know, it, he'll, he heals faster than normal people. I think that's as, as far as it goes. Uh, so, you know, but that's that's a, that's part of being a video game. And it's part of being its own universe, too. So you can kind of maybe this Spider-Man has that. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that that's a, a solid case. Um, I, I definitely not only that, like I've walked around like I think when I played Spider-Man 2, I was in San Francisco. I lived I was in downtown San Francisco a lot. And I would look up at a building and I'd want to do like that, you know? Yeah, uh, dude, every time I've been to New York, I've looked yeah. around for Spider-Man, you know? <laughs> it's a very profound thing. Right. Evan, you've worked on two Spider-Man games now. Do you kind of feel... Did you work on the first Insomniac spider uh, Not really, no. I wrote like a, a one line um, uh, kind of as a favorite to those guys um, when when Peter takes a picture of the Wakanda Nemesi. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't really work with them in earnest until the second game until okay. the miles game yeah you're gonna ask your question vic is he your fave i mean it's like i you mean you have to you say know, that he is you're now making, you're, you're, you're making the argument that he's a, a perfect video game character and you know that's good but like i've got a, a out of shot here i have a picture of um avengers uh uh endgame poster um that my daughter gave me for my birthday and there's you know iron man's there and iron man i think is a really um uh perfect video game character because he's got that upgrade you know kind mm. of feedback loop as part of his ethos of his character right, right. so you know like you know his typical video game skill trees has you unlocking new abilities and 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 upgrading them and whatnot and changing your appearance and that's all built into iron man's you know kind of haven't been ethos. able to do that game yet though um yes that's true yeah. um you know i have to say like Marvel's Avengers, I think, did a really good job, but you know, they created like six, seven cool different games. movesets yes. <laughs> for like for for each character, you know? Like yep. uh, like uh, even though like you have a light attack and a heavy attack, it feels different when you're using each character. And some of the Iron Man stuff in there is pretty good. The fact that you can switch into like a flight mode and a hover mode. I agree. Um um on the fly is is a significant achievement. So I think Iron Man's up there. You know, we've yet to have like a solo title for Tony that probably makes it feel like okay this is like a a, a fully realized well executed um outing for him but um you know he's up there he's on the list i think okay tq i've been waiting to hear what you've got to say about this because you you basically had the keys to the toy bar or the keys to the castle kingdom kingdom keys to the kingdom worked on everything um i'll see with with spider-man there is uh, at least for me, I think uh, some other people might share this, this sentiment. There's a moment where you fire the web, you swing, you hit the top of the arc, and you let go. And you hit the button again, and you hold your breath. 
just for a second because you're like because that's how that's how immersed you are in that moment totally and that's that's magical right there um but there is there are times when i was playing arkham when i would just hang upside down just because I can, because I'm right. Batman, you know, I'm effing Batman, right? And that's and that's fantastic, right? And like the idea of you know, by the time you get to Arkham Knight, you've got the Batmobile acting as a third fist. Loved you, it, right? Yeah. And, and all the gadgets and and all the upgrades. Um, so I think that's magical. Um, I, I I know from practice how hard it is to make Iron Man mm. uh, uh, feel good in the game. You know, that's not a, a, a 2D fighter, right? Um, but the I think Iron Man has the... Spider-Man may be the best right now. I mm. think Iron Man is the character with the most potential. And not just because of his gadgets, but because it is just as fun to be Tony as it is to be Iron Man. Very cool. Good point. And you can't say that about Bruce and Peter. Right. True. That's an excellent point. And I, I actually, I really did enjoy the Iron Man VR game. I thought those guys did a really good job with that game. But it, the technology just couldn't keep up with all of the freedom that you wanted out of that at that experience. But it was pretty that, damn cool. That's the difficulty, or that's the, the, the hobgoblin, no, no pun intended. Of, of oh, you intended that pun. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you like that? You wouldn't know that word without Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> for my next trick, uh, yeah, just the, the thing about Iron Man, Superman has the, the same difficulty curve in realizing a character. When you have a character that can do everything, yeah. when you translate him, to a, him or her to a game, then they're not good at anything. Right, because you you have to find ways to limit the power set, so you can focus on a small but achievable uh, uh, number of uh, moves, abilities, etc. And Iron Man, not only can he 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 flies, he punches, he can go underwater, he's super strong, he's fast, he's got lasers, missiles, etc. Then he starts bringing in the other armors. Yeah. yeah. Right. That are custom made for situation. <laughs> yeah, right? limitlessly expandable. Yes. Yes, exactly. All of a sudden, you find yourself as a you know a development team. You're all drinking in the morning. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to figure out you know, how to make Iron Man work. How to make Iron Man feel like Iron Man. Um, what, so, what Iron Man know, games did you work on? When you did you work on one or two when you were at Activision? I, I worked on Iron Man Two, the one with War Machine in it with okay. Sega. Okay. Um, then Chris, well, Chris and I worked on Iron Man. Too. Yeah, I, I worked on the original as well. I, I, I the did, secret level developed one. Yeah, it's and funny. We did I the went behind back. the scenes on that one. Yes, yes. That's uh, right. Stan yeah. Lee was there. Yeah, uh, we yeah, interviewed uh, uh, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. That's and right. John Favreau. That's somewhere was, on was this YouTube channel, right? The the behind the scenes of it's Iron somewhere. Man. Yeah, and Hulk too. I think we did. We yep. Hulk as well. That was a blast. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just remember, uh, you know, the, the game. I. I learned a lot from that game just in terms of, uh, you know, what it was like to be on. Like, that was like the first game I worked on as a on the licensor side. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just like in terms of working with uh, publishers and stuff and and, uh, get, you know, giving honest feedback and everything. I, I went back one point. I looked at notes. I think I took on my second day at the office and I played Iron Man. And the first two notes I had were like too hard to control 
and I'm banging into walls a lot. And like those were at the end of the day, that's what everybody hated about the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like literally like the first things that came to, you know, and it's like, you know, I should be more forceful in providing that feedback. But, you know, there's a part of you that's like, uh, well, I'm sure they know what they're doing. They're going to come around and then, you know, sometimes they do. But, you know, in that case, they kind of didn't. But. Yeah, you know, everyone still like works really hard and and does everything they can to make the game as good as they can. It's just yeah, I I think the idea of three D movement with a superhero and that and that subset of powers and abilities that's just a like it's just hard to make any kind of three D experience at all. But then you if you make them superheroes, I, I mean, what Rocksteady and Insomniac did, I mean, that's that's just incredible. Like they're they're just mm-hmm. so freaking talented. It's unbelievable. Do, do you guys think we'll ever see an awesome Superman game? I, I, you know, apart from the 2600 one, which has gotten lots of shout outs in today's episode, are we ever going to see a, an awesome Superman game? I'm going to say yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Who's going to do I think, it? Mm, someone, someone we've never Warner heard Brothers. of. <laughs> someone we've yeah. never heard of. Warner That's Brothers. My, yeah. That's solid. I, uh, if you would ask me in like 2006 who's going to make the next greatest Bat- Batman game, you're not gonna say Rocksteady, right? No, they, they had like they... a game out that was like mediocre. I think, right? <laughs> I would like uh, to see Remedy make superhero games. Okay, you know it's funny. Oh, back when I was a, with when control? I when, yeah, controls basically mm, a superhero game. Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, when I was at Kotaku, I interviewed Sam Lake and um, one of the Hauser brothers, uh, who uh, you know were the founders and run Ro- Rockstar Games because they did a, a Max Payne comic for Marvel. Yeah. And, you know, Sam Lake's like, you know, we we grew up on this stuff, you know? Like, it's it, it helped form who we are. Uh, so, you know, um, maybe maybe Superman and, and, and Remedy doesn't seem like a fit to me because they make weird, quirky, idiosyncratic games. Um, but I think the key to a good Superman game is going to be, like, scale, right? Like, you know don't keep Clark earthbound, you know, like you put him out in the cosmos, you have him, you know, fighting cosmic, you know, um, enemies like a brainiac or, or eradicator or um, of course, dark side, you know, like if you scale it up, you don't have to worry about the threat, you know, uh, or, or, or tethering his health to a city, you know, like you, if you, if you give somebody who can punch Clark as hard as, as he can punch them, then, then, then you've got like a ball game, or at least the beginnings of one. Yeah. See, I, I think, I think uh, uh, along a, a slightly different line, um, a slugfest is a slugfest is a slugfest, right? But you know, with Superman, I think you you put Superman in a position to make very messy choices. You you have to make controller throwing choices. Save Lois or save Metropolis. Save. Lois, no, save Lois, Jimmy, Perry. They're all in different places. Right. Or just save this woman and her child. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And this other woman and her child. Right. right? And you are not fast enough to do both. To do both. Right. That's what Superman and, Returns kind of hinted at, which was yeah, yeah impressive exactly. for that day. Right. The, the idea of um, who gets saved, and and you know how you decide, and and. If those decisions have choices, like real choices, what if you end up creating the final boss because you made right. a choice 
right. earlier in the game. That's I amazing. think that could be very... You still have rooms for fights and slugfests and so forth. And, like, you could have the Metropolis fight with Zod where you're, you're knocking down buildings. But you, ha- you need to save people, too. Right? So yeah. I think there's, there's room for the destruction and for the, the, the big powers of Superman. But I think there's also room for the internal struggle. And yeah. like I was saying before, the tech gets better. We can peel away more and get to the core of the character. Right. Well, the the cool thing about a, a take like that is that we can see the eruption of Superman, and what we've seen in the movies when it works is is when um, like he holds it all together. That's the what the beautiful thing about the character is he holds it all together until he goes crazy for a second and he has to fight back, or and and that's the shock of the character. And I think mm-hmm. it it would probably become a little numbing if it was always that, if it was always full on power, you know. Um, it's it's an hour, uh, and I know we could talk for many more hours. About the, and I knew that that was going to be the case. Um, so I want to I want to put a bookmark in this, and I would love to have you guys back again uh, if you guys are open to this. But I think this is like it's like it's my favorite topics on earth. It's superheroes <laughs> and video games and comic books. It's just amazing. Uh, but I, I want to ask. Group. I'm in. Yeah, sure. All right, I'll, I'll 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 get you guys all together again. I've been working on this for a long time, by the way, guys. Everybody's busy, uh, and I really appreciate you all being here. Uh, but who who I, I, we're talking about the biggest characters out there? Who are we missing in video game form? Who would you love to see make a soul? They make a solo video game about that character. Evan, we'll start with you if you're ready. Um. Wow. Uh. Hmm. I mean, there's some obvious answers uh, for me. I'm trying to think of obvious answers that are not obvious. Um, Green Arrow. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, we'll get there, right? Like, if we keep getting good superhero game after, we'll we'll get a Green Arrow game that will blow us away down the road. That would be amazing. TQ, how about you? I've, I was recently very interested or, you know, in uh, taking a crack at Green Lantern. Nice. Yeah. In VR, anything perhaps? Uh, at Servios, perhaps? It's just, just, <laughs> just driven, <laughs> anything driven by the imagination. Like, he's, he's also one of these nightmare characters that can do too many things. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, how can you create systems that give players that feeling of freedom and imagination Right, without breaking the bank. Yeah. Wonderful character, though. Just mm-hmm. like just beautiful, crazy, cosmic. It's amazing character. Chris, yeah. I'm sure you've got one. Uh, yeah, it's funny you should mention that. Uh, the the last video I did on my YouTube channel, superhero.vg. Yeah, it's a great channel, there. by the way. Chris is awesome <laughs> and funny, uh, and very smart it, with all of his comments. I I point out the one character who. Far in a way, I would say, in terms of iconic superheroes, is the one who has never had their own video game ever. And that's Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, of course. Yeah. yeah. Wonder Woman yeah. has never had her own that's video insanity. game. That's insanity. And, you know, she's one of the Trinity. Like, how? How? How has that happened? Yeah. <laughs> Vic, you and I actually talked about a Wonder Woman game last time I was on, I think. That's and right. The idea of, you know, how do you create a mechanic around truth? Yeah, yeah. And I think I remember you talking about that. That's, that's compelling. to me. That's fascinating. And yeah. whose whose truth is real? Whose truth is stronger? Right. 
Um, that's just that's I'm on board with. Yeah, I could see it like Arkham meets L.A. Noir. You know, <laughs> something ah. like. That. And and a little Superman. You know, like yeah, absolutely, like yeah. Crazy she, you could, yeah, that's the thing. Like her, her skill set in terms of of like traversal is like you know because she has so many ways she can lasso like you know swing like Spider Man. She can get in her invisible jet and go long distances. She can fly, you know, depending on what you want to do. Like that can be a skill tree, right? And she's a warrior too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. You can go to ancient Greece. You can go to Acropolis. Yeah. Yeah. Credit to the Gal Gadot movie for showing us that the lasso's cool. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. That was the highlight of the last movie for sure. Well, it's surreal because the like there was a a successful TV show and now these billion dollar, you know, bank busting movies and nothing in the game space, which is crazy. Although we do have the uh the DC Supergirls game, which I yes. I, I have my hopes for. This one that's coming up for the Switch that just revealed that. Um, it, it does feel like it's a little bit of a bone being thrown, but hopefully it's yeah. Good, you know, you and know? Wonder Woman, she's great in Injustice, and you know, yeah, yeah. all these universe games. You know, she's she's great in those, but like she is the tier, yeah, where she deserves her own video game, even if it's like, you know, Wonder Woman and justice league dark or wonder woman and the you know birds of prey for some reason i don't know i think we're, she I just mean, deserves her own her name to be the title there. of the game we're yeah. gonna get there i mean we had flash and superman uh, you know on tv the same night and to, to you know later tonight actually probably pretty soon for you chris is the finale of wandavision like we're gonna get there we're gonna it's just gonna take a little bit more time and I know Evan is part of uh, doing the good work on pushing some of these ideas forward out there, which is awesome. And I get the sense that we might see some good work in VR from uh, TQ uh, with some of these superheroes soon, which is very... We're taking, we're taking bigger swings. I'll just I'll say that. That's awesome. That's so cool. And Chris, uh, can't wait to play Star Wars in VR and can't wait to see what you're cooking up right now I yeah i'm on. i'm uh i'm writing a game right now it's an original ip uh i imagine later this year you'll start hearing about that's it that's awesome yeah. you guys this was a real thrill and a real treat for me thank you so much for being here this yeah. was uh chris baker evan narciss and tq jefferson thank you gentlemen uh sorry i didn't get to any questions i had a feeling i might uh the, the conversation would go bouncing back and forth a bit like this but i'll have these guys back again and we will dive deeper into superhero video games thanks for watching everybody thank you for All being right, take here care, everyone thank we'll you see you tomorrow thank you right, bye and play forever thanks, everybody all right thanks Rick. that was great Thanks, yeah, was, yeah, sure. Anytime. Talk to you later.